Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 3. I apologize, my notes didn't come through the email, so you won't have it on the screen. But if you have your phones or your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, just promise me you'll keep your eyelids open for the next few moments. Um, Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And I, and I pray that this builds your faith. And if we could, we just kind of do so. I just, I love to stand and honor God's word. So if we can do that together, I want to declare this word over you today. And I pray that this passage builds your faith and that we can just kind of leave here with like, yeah, that, that got into my spirit. That would be a dream come true for me. All right. So Joshua chapter three, it says this early in the morning. Everybody say early in the morning. Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. Um, that's a good place to set out from. I just want to tell you right that. That's not a good place to hang out, but there you go. They went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. Um, I, 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 I shared this word not too long ago, uh, a part of this word uh, with our church, and I just loved saying that for some reason in the microphone. Um, After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. And this was the order. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and when you see the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've just never been this way before. Nope, I know you haven't. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Don't go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves today, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. And so they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Going back to verse 5, consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Everybody say amazing things. So I want to preach to you this, this morning on this topic, living in your tomorrow today. Living in your tomorrow today. Let's pray. So, Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this opportunity to to be able to speak life into this great college. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we could rest in this word. I pray, Lord, that this word would land on the healthy part of our soul. Lord, let it take grit, let it take root, and let it produce a good thing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. You can be seated. So it was 40 years of wandering. After 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the children of Israel were about to, they're finally crossing over. Uh, This is something that should have happened a long time ago. But because of the unbelief of Israel, because of the unbelief of Moses, they were not able to cross over. And a whole generation ended up dying in the wilderness because of doubt, because of fear, Because of familiarity, they were not permitted to cross over into what God had for them. They did not inherit the promise that God gave them. 
And we can learn a lot from them. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that we are to learn from Israel and that we are not to repeat their mistakes. Because here's what I've learned. If we're not careful, and students, I want you to lean into this word. If we're not careful, we can be the people of God. We can have the promise of God. We can have the love of God all over us, but we never enter into the promises of God that he has for us. And the Bible says that this happens because of unbelief. This unbelief posture created a casual posture to the promptings of God. So this morning, I want to take you back to this moment. And it's okay every now and then for you to holler back at your boy this morning, okay? A good amen, a holler at your boy. Anything will do. A grunt, a look, a nod. Just help me to know that you're with me this morning. Is that all right, everybody? Good deal. So I take you back to this moment where they're finally going to cross over into what God has for them. And I want to I show you some things that in parallel that we have to do as people, as students, as individuals in order to enter in what God has in front of us. So Joshua 3. And I do this because I believe this is a word for you right now. This is a word for me right now. This is, I believe, the prophetic over your life that I believe this college, I believe you as a student, I believe you as families, you're going to enter into something special. And I love the passage that he used in this text that, hey, you've never gone this way before. The college has never gone this way before. You as a student, you've, you've never seen this before. And this is what God tells Joshua. Joshua, you've never gone this way before. I know you've seen a lot, but you've not seen anything like this. God says, I'm going to take you away that you've never gone before. It's never been done like this before. You've never seen it in your city. You've never seen it in your ministry. It's just going. How many are just ready for something different? Can I get a good amen, somebody? Need some fresh oil. Need some fresh wind. Is there anybody here? Come on, sir. Are you ready for some fresh fire and some fresh wind and some fresh oil? I'll let you, boy. And I think this word is so relevant for where we are. To see what the Lord has done, it's amazing. But I am ready to see what he's ready to do. And I believe that God has this word over the, the church. I believe that God has this word over ministries. I believe that God has this word over pastors and fellowships and networks. Hey, what I am about to do and what I want to do, guys, you've never gone this way before. You've never seen it. And I believe what God wants to do in your life today, it's going to be absolutely amazing. And so the first thing that God tells Joshua to do, and I believe this is what God is instructing each of us to do, in order to see the amazing thing that he is wanting to do, we've got to follow his presence. Come on, we might want to just jot that down in our phone. I need to follow his presence. I'm not called to follow the latest trend. I'm not here to follow the latest and greatest. I am here only to follow after the presence of God. Follow the ark. He said in verse 3, follow the ark and then you're going to know which way to go. If you follow the ark, then you will know. You have to commit to following God. 
You've got to commit to following his presence. Before you, before you see an answer, before you see provision, there has to be a commitment that I am going to follow his presence. You see, the ark of God represented the presence of God. It was the place where God would meet with his people. At the very center of the Ark of the Covenant, there was the mercy seat of God. This represented the very presence of a holy God. And I, and I believe what God was, was saying here. He's like, hey, I need you to follow the Ark. I need you to follow my presence. I need you to be where I am. I, I don't need you to be so much caught up in the logistics of the ministry. I need you to be called up in the presence of the ministry. The next instruction, I love the Bible leaves out no detail. He, he says, but keep your distance though. In other words, don't get ahead of God. Be patient. Don't force a move. And I just want to tell you right now, if there's anything that I have learned in my lifetime of ministry is I can't force a move of God. I, I can't force a decision. If, and this is what I'm learning is if peace is not there, if it's not the right time, or if I feel rushed, it's probably not God. So don't get ahead of God. Sometimes it's difficult in the waiting though, right? Sometimes it's difficult to hear the word no. How many love to hear the word no? Exactly. But I have to trust that if I'm following the ark, I've got to trust that if I'm trusting that God is leading my life and I'm praying and I'm fasting and I'm asking for the will of God to be done, if I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, I have to trust that if I'm fasting and I'm leaning in and I'm seeking and I'm still getting the, the word no, that God must be in the no. Listen, so many decisions have to be made as students and leaders and, and pastors and presidents and so many de decisions to be made in all of our lives. So many responsibilities and an entrepreneurial spirit, so much pressure in this current culture that we're living in. But what is God's command in his word? Is it to lead right now? No. Is it to make a decision right now? No, it wasn't the time for that. Was it to, to do it in your own abilities and talents or, 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 or giftings? No. God's call in this moment was follow. Follow his presence. Follow the ark. Even after God told Joshua in chapter 1 to be, courage, to be courageous, let me tell you what takes courage, students. It takes courage to obey the voice of God. It takes courage to obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit in a massive changing culture. It takes courage when you're the military leader of a nation of about 3 million people but you submit yourself to the presence of God so much to say that, God, if you're not in it, I don't want it. Elam, I pray that we never lose that spirit and tenacity. I never want to lose this desperate need for my Savior. I never want to lose my love for God, that grit. I don't want to ever do this on my own. I don't want to be a part of a professional church, a, prof a professional ministry. I don't want to become a professional Christian where I've got it all figured out. All the T's are crossed. The I's are dotted. I'm telling you, we need the call of God on our life. We need the presence of God to go before us. And if he doesn't go, we won't follow. Is this all right, everybody? 
God says, move, we move. Come on, that's the DNA of a Christ follower. If God says, stay, we stay. If, if he says, shut up, we shut up and we follow. Because wherever God leads, it's good. Because God says, I have a place. I've got a place just for you beside streams of living water where you can lie down and have rest. Man, that's what I want. I want to be at rest in the presence of a holy God. Amen. (laughs) Because you've never gone this way before. And I just want to declare where God is taking you. Where God is taking you. Maybe you've never seen it before. Maybe your family's never gone this way before. Maybe your last name has never gone this way before. Maybe your gifting has never gone this way before. God, I, God is saying, I want, I, that's where I want to take you. I want to take you there. I'm taking you into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. I'm taking you into a land of abundance. I'm taking you to where I want to put my favor on your life. And you're forever marked and changed because you have spent time with me. You got to follow the ark. Everyone say, I got to follow the ark. You know, this is my confession of faith. John 10, it says, to him, the doorkeeper, to him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his sheep by name and he leads them out and when he brings out his own sheep he goes before them can I just remind you today that God has already gone before you and the sheep follow him for they know his voice yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from the stranger for they do not know the voice of strangers and I just believe to declare over you students that God is raising up a generation of world changers. And I'm declaring that these world changers are going to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. Amen. I'm declaring it's a generation of world changers that are following. They're not following a voice of a stranger. They are following the presence of a holy God. And wherever the ark leads, he is going to open up doors. He's going to open up favor. You're not going to have to work hard for it. You're not going to have to wonder where the bread is coming from or where the anointing is coming from. He's already gone before you. He is just wanting you to step through the door and follow his presence. Man, we've got to trust his goodness. What a safe place to be. In his presence. And I pray that every one of you, somewhere on this campus, you've got your place. It's a place that is designed and designated for an appointment with your God. It it can be in this room. It could be in your dorm. It could be on a pathway. It could be at the lake. It could be on the bridge, wherever. You know that when you're there, you meet with God. Just something, a, a radical desire to be in his presence. The second thing that we've got to do it's not only do we have to follow the ark follow his presence but we have to prepare for tomorrow he says consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow is this okay consecrate yourselves today God says for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things you need to prepare to treat today as sacred you, you got to prepare to treat today to separate to dedicate To observe as holy. God says treat today as holy. Treat today as sacred. Separate today. 
Make some decisions today. Honor today. Prepare today. Observe today. I never know in my life when God is going to do something amazing, so I consecrate today. I never know when God is going to bring a breakthrough, so I prepare today. I never know when God is going to be a part of a great move and he's going to change the atmosphere, so I consecrate today. I never know when God is going to release a miracle, so I treat this moment as holy. You know, I know we love the phrase that God is going to do amazing things, but are we just as crazy about consecrating today? But you don't get amazing things without consecrating. The amazing things that God wants to do in our life are always tethered and attached to consecrating today. So I'm going to do something today that is preparing me for where God has me tomorrow. I want you to notice this, that only God can do the amazing, but only I can do the consecrating. Are you feeling me? I think a lot of times we're trying to force an amazing thing in our life and ministry instead of doing the very thing that we can do, which is the consecrating. He says, treat today as holy. Treat today, separate today. And here's what I'm learning about God, that he lets me decide what I treat as holy. He lets me decide what I need to consecrate. He he lets me choose how I see my today And how we see what God is going to do in our life today. God says, you get to make that decision. But once you make that decision, I'm going to do something amazing. He says, consecrate today because tomorrow the Lord's going to do amazing things. And can I just say this? That when opportunity knocks on your life's door, can you have your shoes on, please? Can you be prepared? Can you be ready? Oftentimes we're waiting on a move of God. We're waiting on an opportunity. And God's just waiting on you to prepare today. Are you with me? You're like, I wish this crazy guy would go home like this. People who walk in God's promises. People who have extraordinary favor on their life. They see today, this moment, this chapel, our classes today. We see it as sacred And tomorrow is going to be amazing. I pray that you would write this down. Get it into your spirit. My today will be sacred. My tomorrow will be amazing. My today will be separate. My tomorrow will be amazing. My today will be set on an altar. But my my tomorrow only God can make amazing. I'm believing for a breakthrough. But my today is special. I'm believing for some answers in my life. But the confession of my heart is today is set apart in consecrating. This means I have to have faith for my today and hope for my tomorrow. Exodus chapter 3 verse 5 is when God introduced himself to Moses. Here's what he says. He says, Moses... Take your sandals off, because where you're standing right now is holy ground. I want you to get this. He says, Moses, take your sandals off, because where you're standing is sacred. Not Egypt where you were, not the promised land where you're going, but right here, right now, 
is holy. Moses, you're on the run right now, but right now is holy. Moses, you're not even fulfilling the call of God on your life right now, but this is holy. Moses, you've married a strange woman from a strange land, but right now this moment in your life is holy. You've broken the covenant of God, but this is holy. Moses, you're supposed to be leading a nation. Instead, you're you're herding sheep, but this is holy. God says right here, right now, where you are, this is sacred. And I think right now, Big Mo, this would be a good moment to take your shoes off. Because this is holy ground. This is a sacred place. And I'm just declaring over the student body today that right now, and I know maybe some of you are living in your tomorrow, you've got big dreams, you've got big plans, you can't wait for God to do this and that, but I just want to declare that right now, right here, this moment, this is your holy ground moment. And it might be a good idea, not literally, for some of us to take our shoes off. Because this is what God is saying. That if you will treat this moment as holy, if you, will, if you will see this part of your life as sacred, there is something amazing that I want to do in your life. Because oftentimes we'll, we'll tell ourselves, well, that part of our life, that was holy. If we could just go back to the good old days, that was holy. Or, man, one day there's going to be holy ground in my life, but I never want to forget that this moment... It doesn't matter what's going on in my world right now. This moment, this is my holy ground moment. When When I'm believing for a miracle, when I'm believing for a breakthrough, when I'm believing for the answer, I can't forget that we're standing on holy ground. In other words, God is saying it's holy if you allow it to be holy. It will be sacred if you will allow this season of your life to be sacred. It may not, it may not be, it may not feel the best right now, but it can be sacred and separate if you will allow it to be. D.L. Moody said, The world has yet to see what God can do through one man who is wholly consecrated to him. And by God's help, I aim to be that man. What can God do through you? Only God knows. But only you can consecrate. Only God knows your potential. But only you can treat today as sacred. Only God knows what is available in front of you. But only you can invite the presence of a holy God into your moment. We got to consecrate today because tomorrow God wants to do something amazing. Here's my third and final point. The band can come. Expect the amazing. Expect the amazing. I I, I pray that we can leave here today with an expectation on God. That if we do what he says we should do, that tomorrow, everybody say tomorrow. Tomorrow God will do amazing things things expect open doors expect elevation expect favor expect more anointing expect more fire 
Expect more students. Expect just the outflow of God's power. You're like, can I expect this? Absolutely. Can I expect God to do the amazing? Yes. Should I be believing for a breakthrough? Yes, absolutely. Jesus prays, tells me to pray for heaven to come to earth, and heaven is going to be amazing. Heaven is going to be awesome. How many want to go to heaven? But until I get there, I am believing for God to do something amazing on earth. Right? I'm expecting elevation now. I'm expecting for God to do a breakthrough now. I'm expecting for revival to hit our land now. Here's what God told Joshua in verse 7. He said, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel. God said, I'm going to put something on your life for influence. I'm going to put something on your life that leads people. Can I tell you today that if you follow the presence of God, if you will treat today as holy, that God will make you an influencer? Is this word okay? I'm, I'm not talking about a social media influencer. God will make you an influencer in your city. God will make you an influencer in your, in your generation. And can I tell you what our nation needs? It needs influence. It needs people of influence. I didn't say affluence. I said influence. Where you walk into your work and things begin to shift. When you walk into your classrooms and things begin to shift. When you walk back home, whatever you go back home to, your environment and your family begins to shift. Your future ministry begins to shift. God says, I will give you influence. I will exalt you among the people so that you have a voice where you didn't have a voice. Where you have a say where you used to not have a say where you will have words where you used to not have words, you're, you're going to have influence. Is it for you personally? No, it's for the glory of God. It's for bringing people back into the kingdom because everything we do is a kingdom thing. It's for bringing back people back to the gospel, back into the presence of God, back into their promised land. And God says, I want to exalt you. I want to elevate you. It's not about you, but it's about what I can do through you. And it really has to be a God thing. Let me tell you the reason why it has to be a God thing. Because 40 years earlier, Joshua and Caleb, they're two of 12. They're reading their report. Hey, we got this. We can do this. We can conquer this. We can go into the promised land and we can own it like a boss. And no one listened to them because God hadn't done this in them yet. But now 40 years later, after Joshua has followed his presence, after he's made his today holy, He submitted his life to God. He he has submitted his ministry to God. God's looking down on his heart saying, I can trust you. I can trust you with finance. I can trust you with influence. I can trust you with promotion. I can do something amazing in you. You got to follow his presence. 
you got to make today holy. Are you with me, somebody? You know, here's, here's my thing. I, there's a couple things I'm learning in this season of ministry. One is the, the big takeaway right now for me is I want to be eternally focused. I, I, want to be, I want to be trusted because God has given me a massive vision. And I know there's some of you in this room, you've already, God is pouring out vision for you, but some of you, you've already, you've captured vision. You've had vision in your heart for a while. And I speak this into the staff. I speak this into the students. I sp- if, if someone's going to be watching this, I, I, I just believe vision is not the problem. The question that I've been asking is, God, can I be trusted with that vision? And God, if it's possible that I can be trusted, help me to be so eternally focused that the love for this world begins to diminish. Because this world, this earth cannot have its, it cannot have its fingernails in my life. Because we're living for another world. And I feel no pressure today to do amazing things. I feel no pressure this morning to get up in front of you to preach an amazing sermon. I feel no pressure to have these amazing gifts flow out of my life. But I do have a burden on my heart to make today sacred. I have a burden in my spirit to make today holy. To consecrate my life more than ever to be trusted with the kingdom of the Lord. And I just know that if I can obey in that that realm, that God's promises will always be. Tomorrow I'm going to do something amazing. And I'm just believing that God's going to do what I can't. And I'm going to do what I can. One of my favorite stories in closing, let's all stand. Dr. Fred, I'm about to turn this back over to you. Jesus is going to raise his best friend Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus has died. He's dead. He's wrapped up in grave clothes. And right before Jesus says these famous words of Lazarus, come forth. Jesus turns to his team, his disciples. And he says, hey, disciples. Roll away the stone. He's about to make this one of, the, one of the best miracles in the Bible. He's about to call Lazarus out of the grave. And he looks at his team. He says, hey, guys, roll the stone away. I will not do what you can do. But if you can do what you can do and roll the stone away, I will raise the dead. I won't do what you can do, but I'll do what you can't do. I just want to proclaim today that I can't raise the dead, but I can roll away the stone. I can't raise the dead, but I can concentrate today. I can't raise the dead, but I can love people. I can serve people. I can help build the church. I can be a witness. I can consecrate my life to purity. I can have a prayer life. I can set up some boundaries. 
I just want to proclaim over this student body that if you will be faithful to roll the stone away, Jesus will always be faithful to raise the dead. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this moment, God. Thank you for the honor to be able to share your word. And God, we give our life to you today. God, we honor you. We celebrate you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said.